0: Greetings, and welcome to the Cathartic Yardstick with your hosts, Ray and Mark. In this episode, your intrepid hosts talk about ghosts with two actual paranormal investigators. As Poe once wrote, the boundaries which divide life from death are at best shadowy and vague. Who shall say where the one ends and where the other begins? Ugh, sounds like I'll be sleeping with my lights on again tonight. So what else is new? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say anything about bedwetting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Cathartic Yardstick Podcast with Ray and Mark. I'm Ray. And I'd be Mark. And this is our podcast. And tonight we have a couple special guests with us. Uh, Joining us from Weeping Souls Paranormal Investigations in Middletown, Maryland, are Michelle Riggs, lead investigator and historian, and Gloria Mercer, Lead investigator and historian, welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi. Hi.
1: Um, paranormal and, and ghosts are something that Mark and I have been fascinated with for, uh, for years, as, as long as we've known each other. Uh, what what made you first become interested in the paranormal? <laughs>
2: um, well, Gloria's house is haunted. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All of her grandkids have seen something, and I mean, we've always loved it, but like, I think that was what really got us into it because we would just do things at her house, and we're like, "Hey, let's you know, expand and do this other places." Right.
1: Okay. Now, now, uh, by by haunted, what do you mean? How, how haunted? What, what what exactly does was that mean? And what's what's happened in that house?
3: We have a few friends that um when my granddaughter was like two years old, she had a few friends. I couldn't see them, but she had names for them. And she kept these friends for a few years. And then um, once we got into investigating, we did the history on this house. We did an investigation on this house and come to find out the man that lived here committed suicide. And his wife had passed away afterwards. And the one main friend that my granddaughter had, his name was Dad. Hmm. He was the dad in the house. But we did the investigation. And very clearly, like, the lady that lived here, she was looking for her children. She gave us the name, what was it, Michael? hmm And her son's name was Christopher Michael. Wow. But, yeah.
1: Interesting. So at what point did you go from just your own interests and your own environment to wanting to do this professionally?
2: Um, It was, uh, I think it was like, what, 2017? um, We had met some people who formally did it. And, you know, we were all talking and they got us... You know, really interested in branching out and going to do this at other places and helping other people. And I think that's like really where it started.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have always been intrigued. Even when I was young, like spirits, ghosts, it all like it's just amazing to me.
0: In your house, what have you actually seen?
3: In my house? Um, We've only seen orbs when we investigated. Um, We had a lot, a lot of audio. Um, My granddaughter, well, my oldest granddaughter, she had seen something in the basement. She wouldn't stay anymore in the basement. Um, Like I said, my other granddaughter that was living with me, she's seen a lot. We catch shadows every once in a while out of the corner of our eye, but we've just gotten used to it. <laughs> the kids, one of the kids had said that they saw a man come up the steps in a uniform with this guy. He was in the military.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's it's a presence, but not a threatening one.
3: It's not. And we had contacted, Michelle had contacted a medium years ago when Rainey started having all these sightings and stuff. um, And they said, the medium said that if if it's not causing her stress or showing like she's aggravated or scared, then it's it's harmless.
2: They would aggravate her, but not like mean. Like she would be playing, she was sitting on my husband's lap one day and she was playing a video game. And I remember her going, will you stop? I'm trying to play a game. And we all like looked at each other and we're like, who are you talking to? And she's like, (laughs) my friends, they won't leave me alone. And I'm trying to play a game. And we're like, okay, just tell (laughs) them, you know, maybe later.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'd walk into her bedroom and she'd be playing and talking. I'm like, who are you talking to? And she'd be like, my friends. I'd be like, hey, friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was also a
2: dog that would follow her around.
0: Interesting. There's been, obviously, um, interest in the paranormal is as old as mankind. It's just some fascination with what happens after death. But especially recently, uh, there's been a number of ghost hunter shows doing well on cable TV, so it's drawing in that audience. Why do you think people are so fascinated and at the same time terrified uh, by ghosts and the paranormal?
2: Mm, I think it's because... They don't understand it. They they want to understand it, and they think that if you know they watch these shows and you know they um, you know do their own investigations, that they'll they'll find some sort of I don't know closure or. A lot of it, our it, phone calls that we get, it always
3: starts out as people think I'm crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> people think I'm crazy because I've seen this or I've heard this or something and like they're it's like they're afraid to call and ask for help. Mhm. So I think they're intrigued with the the shows because they can pretty much find out for themselves and what they can do at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Is there anything dangerous about it?
2: um yeah um there's like one being if you go into a building that's abandoned you can get hurt um then you have the other side where something can attach to you and can follow you home and then it can cause you issues in your home and your family and when things like that happen um, you know, some people think, oh, this is so fun. Let's go investigate it. But it's not really like that. Like when you go out there, you need to take precautions. You need to have Sage and you need to have a prayer and you need to do all these things to make sure that these things don't attach to you and then attack your family.
1: What, what is the, the property of Sage that gives you protection? Do, do you know how that works?
2: Um, I, we use, um, white sage Mm -hmm. and then I do, I use a native American ritual cleansing, um, when I cleanse, you know, my house or someone else's house. Um, so I think it's more, um, how you perform it, which helps cleanse the area.
1: Maybe not the sage per se, but the whole uh, the ritual that you go through is what does it.
2: Yeah. And you have to want it. Like in your mind, you have to want to cleanse your house. You you know, you have to have that right state of mind because if not, I mean, it's not going to work.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And you're just yeah, going to keep can't, having these issues.
3: You can't just burn sage and think it's going to do... It's trick. Like you need to literally open up all your doors, all your windows. Yeah. You need to say your prayer while you're saging the house. You you need to do every, every crack, corner. every yeah. corner. It's you just don't burn the sage and it takes it away.
2: Hmm. And then you need to sage you need to when you go outside after you do it, you need to sage yourself before you go back inside. Okay. And then you have to bury the ashes away from the property.
0: Interesting. So uh, on these on these shows, what we see on television, it, it always appears that the primary experience we have, the human experience we have with the paranormal, really comes from our own senses. I mean, feeling a presence, uh, mm-hmm. seeing something out of the corner of our eye, feeling something. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to be, uh, just from watching, it, it seems to be difficult to conclusively prove a haunting through technology it seems very elusive you know why why do you think it's so hard if you do think it's hard to prove or disprove paranormal activities through electronics
2: because you don't know what happens when you die you don't know that until you die there's no way to fully prove anything that has to do with the paranormal you can you can investigate it and you can make notes but no, no thing is the same. It's none of it is the same. You know, this person's not going to have the same haunting as this person. You know, and, and what is haunting you? Is it an actual spirit or is it something more evil? Like you're, you're not going to know. No one is going to know until that time comes. The only thing you can do is write it down, make a note.
0: What I was uh, thinking of is, if I want to pull an example, it would be um, the number of stories about people who have seen the apparition of, let's say, Abraham Lincoln in the White House. Um, those stories come from a number of different places and staffers and presidential families and whatnot. But it's it's unlikely that if you set, set up a camera, you'd see Abe and, Abe and his stovepipe sitting there um, you know, waving into the camera, conclusively proving he's there. So there's, it, it almost, I mean, people would use that if you can't, how to put it this way, um, in today's society, we're so scientific um, mm-hmm. that e- even juries don't like to convict because they've watched uh, CSI Miami. They don't want to convict unless they see <laughs> DNA evidence. And so it's yeah. hard to convince a jury sometimes, look, remember your job, is to what is to look at the gray area, and you make the decision. But I, I almost get the sensing that um, it, it's almost like your your best sensory apparatus is what you were born with. Uh, electronics mm-hmm. might be on the periphery, pick up a temperature change or infrared might pick up a little something. But your best tools are the ones you were born with. It seems to me. I don't
3: know. We've had like team members. My oldest son, he. Uh... He's like one of the hyperest ones out of the bunch. One night he stood still and he was like, Mom, I feel like I'm getting ready to cry. At the exact same time that he said that, I told everybody, grab pictures, you know, do your thing. There was an orb above his head. When we took the, we were in the pitch dark. We were up at Gettysburg Devil's Den mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. and we took pictures and the orb that was above his head. It was, if you zoomed in on it, it looked just like a man's head. And in the audio, when we caught it, it said, um, give him back or we will fight. They were trying to, they they were attaching to him. That's how we knew there was something right there. It, mm, your emotions, wow. it plays with your emotions. If one of us is upset and we go on and investigation it's more likely to go to the one that is upset and feeling some type of way
1: hmm. mm-hmm. is there any danger of physical harm from these things
2: um i've been scratched um my husband which is Gloria's son has been scratched um we uh one of our members um his leg was tugged on um, Something touched Gloria's arm. Um, I've had my hair touched. Yeah. So, I mean, they can physically hurt you. That's why I say, like, you need to take protection, keep yourself safe. One night we were at the church up in
3: Burkittsville. And um, (laughs) there was a four-foot ectoplasm that had approached Michelle and I. At that time, we only had our cameras, but because it was trying to manifest off of both of us, we could barely move, barely move. Um, We have audio with it, and that's where I said a bad word, but (laughs) I yelled inside the church for my son to come out because Michelle was completely frozen, completely frozen, like she was not moving at all.
1: Could you just explain ectoplasm for, for anyone who's listening who's not familiar with that term?
2: it's it's like um like a smoke kind of looking thing and it the one we saw was bright neon blue with this white hazy around it it was i can't even really put into words what it looked like it it did not look like a spirit it wasn't an orb it was literally a giant oval looking thing and it was just hovering if
3: if we would have stood there longer and ectoplasm it's manifesting off of our energy to manifest into a form that looks like you and i Mm -hmm. so if we just stood still and left it manifest it we would have been able to see what actually looked like a real person but that didn't happen
0: is it a matter of how much energy the entity has? I mean, the more energy it has, the more it can do and, and ap- actually appear to you, that kind of thing touch you. Is, is that what it is? Or are there just different kinds of there's different kinds of entities?
2: Um, there's different kinds, but it can also pull energy from your electronics. That's why your batteries die so quickly, or things stop working, um, or why you start to feel like really drained because it's pulling from you and everything around it. The stronger it is, the more it can pull from you, which we believe that what we saw wasn't actually trying to hurt us. It was trying to protect us um, from what was there. In the audio, before, right before it manifested, It literally, you can hear a growl, and then it says, go, and then it manifests, oh. and then... I couldn't move. When we saw it, it disappeared and it ended up on the ground, but it was like the size of a foot. And it literally looked like footprints with no person walking towards me, but they were blue and glowing and they got to my feet and they stopped. And once they stopped, I took a huge breath and I started laughing and crying and felt like I was on fire and needed to take my clothes off.
3: It was crazy. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And it felt like our, like I had my camera around my neck and it felt like it weighed like 5,000 pounds. Like I just had to take it off.
2: Oh, wow. And my poor husband and the other guy that was with us, they didn't know what to do.
0: <laughs>
2: They're just like, what's wrong? Like, we need to go. We need to go. Like we just <laughs> had this feeling like we needed to get out of there right now.
0: And this was at a church.
2: It was, it's a, it's an abandoned church. It was um in the 1800s. It was a freed slaves church. And now it's abandoned and, and people go it's there. It's where they and, did the
3: Blair Witch Project.
2: Yeah, o- over oh, that wow. way. Wow. Yeah. And it just it just took everything. <laughs> <laughs> I I've never felt that way. Like I I mean I felt different ways at different investigations, but I've never felt that way before, and it freaked me out.
1: Tell us a little bit about Weeping Souls Paranormal Investigations. When did you start it? What sorts of services do you provide?
3: We originally started back in 2017. We investigate businesses, homes, graveyards, churches. We bless houses. Pretty much try, and if there is something stuck here, we want to help them move on, pass over.
2: And if we can't help, we try to find someone that can help you.
3: Most definitely. If there's something that we cannot do, we we are... Able and willing to find another paranormal group that can help them out. People fear the paranormal. People yeah. just, we don't want them to be afraid to call us and say, look, something's going on in my house. We want them to be able to call us and say, hey, this might sound crazy, but, and, you know, we're, we're there to listen.
4: hmm
2: Just because you're having paranormal activity doesn't mean it's paranormal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even
3: when we didn't have places to investigate, like businesses or houses or whatever, um, we would find our own things to investigate. Like we would just, every weekend we would go out and find a different place to investigate, like the uh, Suicide Bridge, just different places. Like we've done lots of investigations.
1: Yeah, one thing I'm curious about, is it just pretty much the kind of the classic idea of a lost soul? Or are you dealing with a whole range of phenomena, including including maybe something that would be described as as evil or demonic?
3: The house that we did, I feel like that was...
2: That was evil.
3: Yes. We had to do that one twice.
2: So we had two private homes. The one, it it turned out it was pretty much um, the father's brother and we're pretty sure it was like a civil war nurse that they would see the other one though oh my gosh that one was crazy we used
3: yeah the um, kid would see bloody people in the closets and all kinds of stuff yeah (laughs) i
1: I literally got a chill on my back when you said that
2: (laughs) (laughs) that one was crazy we had went in there because she said that her son You know, he would get scratches, um, he would be pushed, his daughter would, her daughter would be pushed. It was just a whole bunch of stuff. So she would start sending me video and pictures of, like, her cameras that were inside. And some of the stuff was, like, really weird. Like, you would have orbs that would come, like, in front of the camera and, like, stop and just sit. And then you would watch it just go away. Mm-hmm. and, like, you could hear it sound like people talking. It, it was just weird things, and then, so when we went, um, we had taken our um, SLS um, camera, which is it's for the Xbox Connect. You use that, and you there's a program you run with it, and you can bring up, and this thing, it'll look like a stick figure person, or you can do it different ways, and it's supposed to detect an entity. Mm-hmm. And we had one that was sitting on the floor. I say crisscross applesauce because I yeah. used to work with kids, <laughs> but it was it looked like it was sitting there with its legs crossed and we were interacting with it. Like my husband walked up and put his hand out and it reached up and touched his hand.
1: Wow. <laughs> Hmm. (laughs) i would run i would run out of there
2: (laughs) yeah and we had great evidence great evidence we get home everything was corrupted we couldn't get it Hmm.
3: it would wipe all our cameras and everything out
0: oh wow have you had any cases that seemed really promising as having paranormal origins but it ended up just having very mundane explanations like you live under, like this person lives under high voltage power lines. And I think, I think there's actually been some studies saying that that will mess you up after a while. It throws off your equilibrium. It'll create hallucinations.
3: Yeah. I, we didn't do any investigations, but I had a phone call, um, during COVID and the man lived right next door to Fort Dietrich.
2: which is in Frederick, Maryland.
3: Yeah. right. It's the army base where they do um, medical research and stuff. And I told him that that is so what it sounds like. Like he was like, well, he hears like a humming or a buzzing sound. And I'm like, to me, that just sounds like something from Fort Detrick.
0: Yeah. I think they do bio warfare there, all kinds of stuff.
3: Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah.
0: You've alluded to a couple of these cases and these may be the ones you're going, you'd go back to, but uh, can you tell us about any particular cases that really confirmed for you? No kidding. That there's indisputable uh, paranormal activity happening. Obviously, if you have a four foot ectoplasm chasing you, because Michelle told <laughs> you to turn your flashlight off. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of indisputable, that,
2: but yeah, that one was. Um, I think Smoketown. It was a brewery. Well, it used to be a um, uh, very first old firehouse. And they turned it, they bought it, turned it into a brewery. And the, there was a man that used to work at the firehouse. Um, his name was Walter. Like they even named the beer after him because he would literally go up and mess with the customers and touch them oh, or wow. like, yeah. So when we went, um, I had the EMF reader and I, I had it in my hand and I was walking Towards the back and they had all these kegs of beer sitting around and You know, I'm going up and I'm like walking around because I like to make sure that Nothing is interfering with that So I'm going up to the kegs and I'm like, you know, just moving it around and I'm not getting any activity I get to this one and It goes crazy and it's beeping and it's showing red. Hmm. Like there's something there, like something strong. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going around again. Nothing, nothing. It's just this one. Come to find out the name of that beer was Walter. And it was the very <laughs> first one that they made.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. Wow. It was well, Walter it was approved, wild. apparently. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Well, that night when we were in, we were with the, the owners and stuff, and we were standing there wrapping up all our equipment and stuff. And I'm like, okay, Walter, we're getting ready to leave. I wish you'd have showed your face, and out of nowhere, he said, no, you don't. Everybody and heard it. Every, wow. Yeah, and we didn't have any, oh, wow. all the equipment was being wrapped up. Yeah, that was pretty oh, cool. Oh, my
0: gosh. Now, when when you get called in on a case and – and clients have experienced something, let's say in their house, I'm assuming it may be previous occupants haven't experienced that. Do you you find that normally everybody has experienced it or whether some clients are just more sensitive to the paranormal than others? That makes sense?
2: I think that some people are more sensitive. Like I'm very sensitive to other energy and people's emotions and stuff so I think that if they are more um, sensitive to it it will be amplified and if you know they're not as, I mean they might see like a shadow out of the corner of their eye or like think they heard someone say their name or you know but if, if they if they're very sensitive I feel like they're going to experience the most
0: now, what do you do to communicate with spirits, and how often do they communicate back to you, and is it normally in the a, in a form of a EVP?
2: Yes. Um, we normally have our voice recorder sitting there, and we ask questions that would get them talking, like, who's here with us? or if we know that what their name is we say is you know so and so here with us or did you have a family or do you have a fa-? sometimes we like to talk to them like they're actually still here because some of them might not know that they're crossed over or they should be crossing over and we do we get a lot of voices that come back i think our biggest one was we went to uh a lock house which was with Mm -hmm. the casino canal and we went to three of them and the last one that we went to was a doozy oh yeah we caught so many voices footsteps we you name it we caught it
3: i said if there's anyone here can you please knock and they did and we
2: ran out of the
4: building
2: (laughs) (laughs) the guys were outside yeah we weren't sure if it was an actual person because we had seen people around there earlier so we ran out but there was nobody
3: (laughs) yeah we were there all by ourselves
1: for the uninitiated evp is electronic voice phenomena and uh yes it's where if you have a recording device you may not even hear it when you're in the room but when you play the tape back you'll hear sometimes somewhat garbled or, or very quiet. You'll hear uh, sounds or voices. Mm-hmm. I've also heard of it occurring with radios where you put it where there's no mm-hmm. station and in the yeah. midst of the static, you'll, you'll get sounds coming through.
2: Yeah, we have we um, lower frequencies or higher frequencies than we can hear. White noise is what uh,
3: attracts them. An EVP can pick up something that the naked ear cannot.
0: What's your sensing of what these entities normally want? Are, are they just kind of going through the rituals they went through in life? Like, you know, a lock house. It'd be the workers still there going about their business.
2: I think that some are like a recording, like how everybody sees Abraham Lincoln. I feel like sometimes right. you have such an impact in life that it can leave an imprint on this life. And it's not really a spirit that you're seeing. It's the past. That's what I believe.
0: So it's not something that's going to interact with you.
2: No, I think some don't. I think there are some that, you know, are there and they will interact with you and they want something from you, but you have to find out what they want. That's why we talk to them. We ask them questions. Why are you still here? Um, are you having trouble crossing over? Do you know that you've passed? You know, you just ask different questions and see if you can get an answer.
0: And have you gotten answers?
2: We've gotten some. Um, I know the one, it was at a mausoleum. I had asked if they were, if it was cold, if they were cold. They said that they were cold.
3: Well, just like hmm. that house we did, that's how we knew that it was his brother because he said his name.
2: Oh, yeah. We asked right. who it was. And he said, Richard.
3: <laughs> and, and the brother wow. was sitting right there with us when we were investigating. And then we asked we ask if his ashes were in the house and his ashes were sitting right on the manor.
1: Yeah, I've also heard accounts. Uh, this goes back to, the, you know, kind of the Abe Lincoln sort of apparition. That sometimes these these entities are just on a loop. They're not aware of anything around them. They're still like living in the past. So they'll, they'll walk through walls that weren't there at the time. Like they're not not even there, or like you know, be you know, different levels of the house that maybe weren't there, uh, and they just seem to go through an endless loop the same time of day, day after day. Uh, going through the same routine. Have, have you heard stories like that?
2: Yeah, we've we've heard
3: lots of stories like that. The soldiers up at um, Gettysburg, there's a line of them that go up in the mountains all the time. And it's like a memory.
2: Yeah, uh, we caught an EVP up there where you can hear a gunshot, and then it says, got them. And that's where the sharpshooters used to sit, the Confederate sharpshooters, and they would take out the Union coming down the road. And we caught an EVP where it's, you hear the gunshot and it says, got them.
1: Oh, fascinating.
0: Wow. Now, uh, one of my questions I was going to ask is where have you done investigations? Well, I think you've pretty much covered that. And you've had a couple of houses, a church, lockhouse, current brewery, and cemeteries. You mentioned that.
3: And we did the very first funeral home in Frederick, Maryland, which is now a comic book store.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it knocks the books all over the floor. Wow. That's where my hair was touched.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So
1: what what kind of places seem to have the most activity?
2: Historical. Mhm.
1: And and what what do these entities seem to be drawn to? What what brings them there?
2: Um, I think it's more of what happened. Like at At Gettysburg, you know, the Civil War, it was a really bad one. And I think that, you know, so many died that it's just, it has so much energy there. And it just draws them there.
1: You asked us to ask you about uh, a case you had where you did something wrong and you had to go back. Do you want to tell us about that, that case?
2: That was that house where... That whatever, it, I don't I think it was evil. It had literally wiped out all of our SD cards, all of the videos that we had saved on our computer. Everything was gone. We had a member climb up in the attic because it, the attic was over top of the son's room and he would hear things up there. So all of the male investigators went up there and they were getting so many voices coming through the spirit box. And, and a spirit box is basically um, a radio that doesn't, it, it's just white noise coming through. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, um, it doesn't have an antenna to pick up anything. So there shouldn't technically be anything coming through. Um, they have plenty of voices up there. and the one member went back up and he took a picture. And when he took a picture and he looked at the screen, there were eyes. And then all of a sudden it went black. So he ran down the stairs and gave it to my husband. He's the one that is the cameraman and he does all the technical stuff. Um, Gave it to him and he told him what happened and he took it out, put it in another camera because that camera would not turn back on. And the SD card was completely wiped. Every picture that we had taken was gone. We asked if we could come back and do another one. And she said, yes, please. Because it was just, I told her what happened. And she was like, I just can't believe this. She was like, it's, and it's gotten worse. So the second time we went back, um, I had to cleanse her house for her.
0: And how, how did the second visit go?
2: It was a little more activity than the first time. After I cleansed her house, I went outside and I cleansed her and her kids and her husband. I checked back in with her like a couple weeks later and she was like, everything has calmed down. Like we're not seeing anything, not hearing anything. My son can sleep at night. And I was like, that's great news. I was so happy that we were able to help her and get that taken care of.
0: That's good. Did you have any electronics there during the second visit? And did you have the same problem with wiping of data?
2: No, we didn't, which is really weird. Uh, We're not sure why it decided to wipe it. Um, But the second time, we didn't catch the entity that we caught on the uh, SLS camera. So I don't know if maybe because we caught it, it was mad. (laughs) <laughs> and you know wanted to wipe it out I was like you're not going to look at me you're just going to stop
0: now i've always presumed i mean just my natural presumption is is human beings you know we're we're spiritual creatures and we're in this earthly shell and so all we know when we're in the earthly shell is what our sense what we've experienced through our senses but spirits in theory, have had the experience of being living and also being in the spiritual world. And so I've always viewed spirits really know what the score is. They know where they are. They know why they're there. And that may not be true. They may have the, the same foibles as, as humans. When we hear um, paranormal investigators trying to help the spirit cross over, you know, I've always wondered, what is it do you think that humans have that would be of value To some spirits uh, that may be inhabiting a particular place that knew in life.
2: Empathy, you know, caring about them being stuck there, caring about who they were in life, feeling for them, you know, creating a deeper connection to this spirit, this lost soul, and letting them know that it's okay to let go. It's okay to move on.
0: Hmm. You you think that some of them may know they've passed, but yet that they can't let go of h- human oriented kind of things. And so what you're basically telling them is, is you're not going to become a human again. There's nothing to hang on to here. Just move on. You know, you'll be more comfortable, more at peace. And right?
2: the ones that, yeah. And the ones that I feel don't know that they've passed, I feel like a a horrible trauma where they were taken out super fast maybe Mm -hmm. it was so fast that they didn't have time to process they're confused they don't know what's going on they just need a little guidance
0: now in general do you think spirits are hostile to humans or only sometimes and most often what do they really want
2: Uh, only sometimes i think like when you go into a place and you're egging them on and you're like, sure, you're so, you know, doing all that extra stuff. Like, I, I think that yeah. that would make me mad.
4: <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's going to make them mad. Like, who are you talking to? Get out of my house. Like, you're not going to come in here yelling at me.
0: Yeah, you want parlor tricks? I'll give you parlor tricks.
2: Right. <laughs> like, I'll go, I'll go to your house and mess with your stuff.
0: Yeah. What, what do you tell people who are terrified of ghosts? And you're speaking to us now.
2: (laughs) I can, I can, I, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, you can't just stop being scared of something. Even if someone tells you it's okay, you know, they're not, they're not going to hurt you. They can't physically touch this person. They can't, they don't know where it is. You know, it pops up here and there, or it moves something here and there. Not knowing, I think, scares them more. Like, is it going to jump out at me? Am I going to wake up in the middle of the night and see it standing there? Like when they're able to get help and they, they know that it's, it's not there anymore. I think that's when they're going to feel at ease and more comfortable, but I don't think there's anything that I can tell somebody that's scared of something.
0: Have you ever been particularly terrified during a case where it's like, this is just too much (laughs) to process? (laughs)
2: Um, terrified, like there's actually something scary or terrified, like you think there's something going on, but it's actually not either both. (laughs) Okay. So we were at a graveyard (laughs) and we were investigating it and Gloria was standing next to me and I had the camera and, you know, I'm just panning around, looking, talking and her oldest son was standing down at the woods well i caught a glimpse of him and at first i was like but then i realized it was him and i was like oh he scared me well she must not have heard me say that because she goes oh my gosh what is that? What is that? And takes off running through the graveyard. And I'm like looking like where is she going? What is she talking about? And then the other lady that was with us starts running behind her. <laughs> and, and I'm like where are they going? And then Gloria's like I thought it was something else. And then we were like well, why were you running? She said because she was running. <laughs> like so I'm going. <laughs> I was like oh my god.
0: In, uh, in Indian mysticism, um, they, they say that human identity has a number of different components. You know, one's spiritual form, one's identity and experiences, one's physical body. And they're be- really all bound together by one's karma. And uh, as the story goes, if we die and we're at peace, then your karma is low. And so all those threads unwind – we lose our individuality and become one with the cosmos and we can reincarnate but if our karma is especially strong or if we have unfinished business then when the physical body dies the karma can bind the spirit and identity and it really has nowhere to go it has too much energy and so you know they say in western culture this is where ghosts come from and i thought that was a very interesting take any any thoughts
2: my ancestors are native american and a lot of the stuff that i see that i read up on them you know it it resonates with me and you know you have that feeling like deep in your gut like i feel like that is right that's how it is but like you said like we only have our feelings and our senses I think I think your soul is what makes you, not your body, not you physically being here, not you um, being here in spirit. Uh, your soul makes you, whether you're here or you're not, you're still you.
0: The way you view it, do you think we hold on to our identity and consciousness after death?
2: I think we do. Yes. Yes.
0: And has that played out in your investigations, you think?
2: Um. Yeah, like... You know when when someone is saying oh in life you know my mom or my dad or whoever like to do this and you know they're also doing that in death like uh the one place we went um his mom liked to play a music box and Throughout the investigation, I kept hearing this music box music playing, and I'm like, "Does anybody hear that? Like, is it just me? I'm hearing music." And he's like, "Oh, well, my mom used to love playing this music box, and it's upstairs, but it wasn't actually playing."
1: If people were looking to uh, contact you for your services, how would uh, what would the best way to do that be?
2: Um, probably email. Um they can email us at Weeping Souls Paranormal at gmail dot com. And they can also call. My number is 301-305-2219. So they can either email or they can call. It's it's whatever they prefer.
3: And we don't want people to be afraid to call us.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much to, to Michelle Riggs, uh, lead investigator and historian, and Gloria Mercer, lead investigator and historian of the Weeping Souls Paranormal Investigations of Middletown, Maryland. It's been really great talking to you.
0: It's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time.
2: Thank you. Thank, thank you for having us.
1: You've been listening to the Cathartic Yardstick Podcast. Join us again as we continue our search for the truth.
0: Because I've I've been right for 40 years.
1: We'll just edit this out.